want to share with you tonight the story of the famous chassid, uh, Ramesh Nisalevich, uh, because this week is the week of Yubeis Tamus, the week of the previous Rebbe's uh, Day of Liberation. And as the previous Rebbe said, it's not just the Day of Liberation for him, but it's the Day of Liberation for all those who love the Torah, all those who cherish God's commandments, and even those people who are merely nicknamed Jews. Everyone, every Jew, experiences redemption on this day. And so I want to share with you a story about a legendary chassid who... Um, who lived in Russia in the hard times. I never had the merit to meet him. However, I did merit to meet uh, some of his children. One of his children actually just passed away, unfortunately, uh, right, right after Shuas this year. His name was uh, Rab Eliezer Nisilevich. He ran the Chabad institutions in Ovalier in France. He was a very, very special man. Um, in in Brunois, when I studied in Yeshiva in Brunois, a sort of it was sort of a rite of passage to um, get stuck in Paris on Friday before Shabbos. Every Friday we would go out and put on film with people in the various uh, areas in in uh, Paris. I would go to the uh, Israeli ambassador to France in Champs Elysees, then I would go to Montmartre, and, and then thank you, Rose. And after going to Montmartre, uh, we would try to meet as many Jews as possible to um, to uh, put on film with him. And if we were a little bit uh, not so conscious of the time and more conscious of what we were trying to do, so he ended up getting stuck uh, and not back in time for Shabbos. So this happened to my friend, Rapinya Levitin, myself, one Friday. Rapinya happened many times to me, happened only once. And so we arrived, in, on the way back to Mouin, we arrived in Ovalier, a few minutes before Shabbos, we tried to bring our tefillin to someone's house, uh, just some random house, and they put it in, out in the street. They weren't sure what the halacha was. So uh, Rapinya went to the nearby shul to find out what the halacha was. Meanwhile, I was standing there for a half hour or more watching the tefillin until uh, the, the rabbi we asked said that we were allowed to ask a certain non-Jew to carry it for us uh, back to the synagogue. But make a long story short, um, I then met Rabbi Yazan, I'll never met, I'll never forget this. Uh, Rabbi Yazan Isilevich was such a warm-hearted person that whenever he met you, no matter who you met, young or old, he would greet you with a with a hug and a kiss, and, a, and then he would say, Shalom Aleichem, what's your name? First it was a hug and a kiss, and then there was Shalom Aleichem. So it's just a special fire, like a man of fire and warmth. So he um, he was born in 1957, uh, in the twelfth of Adar, and he unfortunately uh, lived in a very had a very hard upbringing in Soviet Russia in Samarkand. It was so difficult that whenever a car would pass by the home of his parents uh, at night, his father wouldn't be able to fall back asleep because he would just be worrying. Maybe it's a KGB. Maybe it's them. Eliezer said that very often he had to um, middle of the night. He had to like run under the bed and hide, try to hide because maybe it's them. In other words, them meaning the KGB. He, the KGB may be coming to take him away because he wasn't registered in any public school. And legally, he had to be registered in a public school. His parents, of course, didn't want to send him to public school because uh, the public schools would, would not just be anti-religious, but 
they would uh, really try very hard to indoctrinate their children in, um, in, in, in heresy and to blasphemy against Judaism and uh, force the children to come on Shabbos. It was really very hard. Uh, the previous Shabbat actually said that it's better if they tell you that you have to go and fire if you don't send your child to their schools, better that you should go and fire. So I wanted to share with you a story that I heard from another one of his children who was visiting Los Angeles about five years ago. I heard the story from him uh, directly, and uh, it's not something you could forget. And so I'll share with you as, as, uh, the story that as he shared it about his father, Ramesh Nisilevich. Ramesh, he grew up uh, like his son, Eliezer, uh, his parents didn't either want to send him to a Soviet school. And actually, where he grew up, um, there was not only a Soviet school, it was also a Jewish school. But the Jewish school was different to, the, um, to a regular Jewish school in the sense that the Jewish school was made by the Evsektia. Evsektia was a Jewish group that was bent on uh, supporting communism, supporting... Uh, supporting the effort of the communist regime to indoctrinate all the Jewish people in communism. And they were Jews, but that's what their movement was about. So Ramesha, in his, in his town growing up, there was a Jewish school, and they taught in Yiddish. But only, the only thing Jewish in the school was Yiddish language. They taught in the school, to, it was taught by Jews, but... Despite the fact it was taught by Jews, the whole focus of the school was to tear out of the Jewish children any vestige of faith in Hashem and his Torah. So, of course, his parents didn't enroll him in any of these schools, not the Soviet school, not the Jewish school, and they didn't even report that he was born, so that, that way they wouldn't have to worry about um, what would happen if when the Soviets wanted to enroll in school. So he was home all day alone. And it was, of course, very difficult to be home all day alone. So he would play outside and just by himself, do things by himself. So what's this little eight-year-old boy doing one day? Uh, one day, this eight-year-old boy is in the backyard of his home, and he's throwing rocks, just throwing rocks, just passing the time throwing rocks. He throws a rock, unbeknownst to him, the rock went over the fence and hit another kid in the head. And so the fire department was called, and they come to the 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 uh, this little um, this little boy, and they take care of him, and they're wondering how did this rock hit him in the head? And Ramosha, who's eight years old, has no idea what's going on, so he continues to throw rocks. Another rock sails over the fence, and right next to where the these officers from the fire department uh, are there, and 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 they are like, who is this kid? And they discovered that there's a child next door. Oh, who are you? Why aren't you in school? Oh, you don't go to school. So his existence was reported to the KGB, and therefore he had to be enrolled immediately in a Soviet school. He's enrolled in the Soviet school. And uh, it's, it's really um, uh, very exciting for him. He's very happy to go to the Soviet school because he puts on a backpack, He's going to be around other kids. Here he's at home, bored. He has no idea what he's getting into. He has no idea what this is really about. And he's remembers putting on that backpack and being very excited to join the school. He goes to the public school. 
And it comes to school Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Comes Shabbos. Shabbos doesn't go to school. And next day, the teacher does roll call. Moshe, teacher does roll call. Yankel, Bistuda, in Yiddish. Remember, the school's in Yiddish. Yankel, are you here? Yes. Shmer, are you here? Beryl, are you here? Yeah, yeah. Moshe, Bistuda, Moshe, are you here? So Moshe says, yeah. So the teacher says, Moshe, where were you yesterday? So he said, yesterday I had a headache. You had a headache? Okay. The teacher starts to ridicule him. The teacher says, Moshe, I know what the real story is. Do Shabbos. You keep Shabbos. And all the kids are laughing at him and laughing at him. Yeah, he keeps Shabbos, he keeps Shabbos. And the teacher made a big scene out of this. He keeps Shabbos. Look at this crazy kid who keeps Shabbos. And the teacher says, listen, Moshe, I know that it's not so easy for you to, to uh, get used to what's going on in this, in this school, but uh, you have to really conform to the rules. You know, we're not playing around. You know what's going on. You know what the government is like. And we can't accept anything other than absolute obedience to our, the policy of the school. So you'll be a good boy. And next week you'll be here for Shabbos, okay? Okay. So the next day, back to school, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he's in school. Shabbos, go to school. Chasasham, doesn't go to school. Comes the next day. He comes the next day to school. The teacher greets him by the entrance of the classroom, takes him by the hand. Ramesha, when he would share the story, he would he would cry saying the names of the teacher, the name of the principal. Chana Bas Yaakov, that was the name of his teacher. Chana Bas Yaakov takes him by the hand and brings him to the principal's office, Reb Gedalia. Reb Gedalia is the principal. Imagine this Jewish principal and what he says to poor Moshe. He says, Moshe, I want to tell you something. You know that the KGB and the, <coughs> the communist regime doesn't play any games. This is a very serious thing, not going to school on Shabbos. It's not something that we're allowed to ignore. So, and besides that, it's, it's something that you should pay attention to yourself because you're from, because you're religious. Because listen to this, Maisha. If you're going to skip school on Shabbos, you're going to end up falling behind in math, falling behind in language. And if you fall behind, people will say that the child who keeps Shabbos is not up to par with his classmates. And therefore, for the sake of your identity as a religious person, it will be better for you to, um, to come to school on Shabbos, and that way you'll be able to excel in math and excel in, in all languages and show that as a, a religious person who believes in God, you keep all of the, you're able to excel in the classes as well. And that's why just a, he tells him, it'll be a Kiddush Hashem, imagine, the principal speaking the Jewish language and Jewish terms, will be a Kiddush Hashem for you to come to school on Shabbos. Okay, that's what the teacher said to, to Ramesha. All right, he hears the, principal, the, the principal's uh, words, and he goes back to class, and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, he goes to school, Shabbos doesn't come to school. This is now the third Shabbos. And when he comes to school the next day, the principal is waiting for him at the gate of the school. And the principal says to him, come with me, we're going together. He tells Moshe to go into his car. And they drive together a few minutes. 
and they arrive at this tall building, and the principal lets them out and says, go to the third floor. And he comes to the third floor, and on the third floor, there is a long table, it's about 15 people around the table, and they're all dressed very elegantly, very aristocratically, and uh, and they begin to talk to him. They say to him, Moshe, uh, we want we want to talk to you, but before we do, we want to introduce ourselves. So the first one says, My name is Shlomo, and I studied in yeshiva in Slobodka. When I started in Slobodka, I learned Baba Kama, Baba Metzia, and Baba Basra, with Rashi and Tesis and Marsha and Maram Shif, and he starts sharing. Some words in Baba Kama, words about Metzia. And he could see this guy is indeed a great Torah scholar. And, and he says to Ramesha, you know, My father was a Sheikhet, and my Zayda was a rabbi, and that's who I am. And now he goes over to the next guy. The next guy studied another yeshiva. And he also went through many other Mesachtas of Gemara. And he knows Gemara by heart as well. And his parents are also very, very prestigious people in the Jewish community. And each of them is a greater genius of Torah than the next. They're not wearing yarmulkas, not wearing uh, yarmulkas or tzitzis or anything like that. And and they're and they're all greater in Torah than, than each other. And after the last person introduces himself and says and 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 boasts about his knowledge of Torah, they all then proceed to make the following announcement: Ramesha, this is the way it was, and now it's over. Listen, Maisha, you're the only religious boy growing up here in this town. The older men, they keep this. This is what they grew up with. This is what they're used to. But you, you still have a chance to make something in life. All of us grew up with this too. And we know about all this stuff. But now, Maisha, you have to realize it's all over. So, here's Hashem. From now on, you're going to have to go to school on Shabbos. You know, Maisha, they said to him, by us, every word we say is Kaddish. Every word we say is Halik, is holy. We don't make any words, any statements which aren't real. So you have to understand that when we're telling you you have to go to school on Shabbos, it's real. Who's pushing you not to go to school on Shabbos? Is it your parents? Now that was a very pointed, dangerous question because if he said his parents were pushing him not to go to school on Shabbos, then the, they would arrest his parents and they would put him in a Soviet orphanage. So he said, no, it's not my father my mother. It's my grandfather, my father's father. Why did he say his father's father? Because his father's father had long since passed away, and they knew he knew they couldn't really incriminate him from the grave. But he, he said to my grandfather, my father, he says, he screams at me, I have to go to school. My grandfather, he is the one who's responsible for not going to school. Although my parents scream, you have to go to school, but my grandfather, he is the one who's responsible. His grandfather actually was a very prestigious chassid who would always cry whenever he prayed. And whenever, um, whenever he prayed, he cried. And someone asked him, why do you always cry? And he said, I'm crying because I'm asking God that my grandchildren should keep the Torah. So, all right, they ask him, Meisha. Okay, so now we've explained to you how important this is. Do you understand that you're going to have to go to school on Shabbos? He doesn't really answer that. So they say to him, listen, Moshe, there's a din, Zalacha, that you're allowed to desecrate one Shabbos to keep a lot of Shabbos. 
which means that if someone's life is in danger, so the Torah says, desecrate one Shabbos, it's better to desecrate one Shabbos and save someone's life on Shabbos by desecrating Shabbos, so that that person can now keep many more Shabbos. They said to him, listen, Mesha, if you're going to keep Shabbos now, this is what's going to happen. Your father is going to be arrested. You're going to be placed in a Soviet orphanage. In the Soviet orphanage, you won't be able to keep kosher. You won't be able to keep Shabbos. No such thing. So it's better now that you desecrate this Shabbos now. When you grow older, if you want to, you can continue keeping Shabbos. But right now, it's better you desecrate Shabbos now so that you keep many more Shabbos. And do you understand, Moshe? Understand? And he again doesn't respond to them. He says, listen, Moshe, by us, every word is halic. Every word is holy. You have to go to school on Shabbos because if you don't, we're not kidding around with you. Your parents are going to go to jail and you're going to go to an orphanage. Is that clear? And he doesn't respond to them. And he, they, he, the one who's talking to him the whole time says, get out of here, you dog. And he kicks him. He kicks him. So Meisha, eight years old, the principal's waiting downstairs and comes back in the car. He drives him back to the school and he puts him back into the school. All of a sudden, he's supposed to now somehow concentrate and think about math and, and language and the history. But he's sitting in the school and he's sitting there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. His parents had found out what had happened. He told his parents what happened. And they didn't know whether or not they should tell him to go to, shul, to, go to school the next Shabbos or not. Because, indeed, this would endanger their lives. And who knows this was, what was, what, if, if this was even the right thing to do. Halachically. Should he go to school on Shabbos? Maybe he should go to school and not a right. What would you advise him? Well, in every side of the story, he would ask, what would you advise me to do on that Shabbos? He said that Friday night for his parents was like Tisha B'Av. They were crying and crying the whole night. And came in the morning, his parents said to him, listen, Moshe, we're not telling you what to do. We're not telling you what to do. You decide to do whatever you want to do. You know that we keep Shabbos. We're not telling you what to do. You decide what you want to do. So Ramesha decides he's going to keep Shabbos. He's not going to go back to school. He stays at home that Shabbos. And that Shabbos was very, very frightening. Uh, so there was a knock on the door that Shabbos, and they were sure it was a KGB. It wasn't the KGB. They thought maybe it was just a neighbor who was asking to borrow flour or eggs or whatever. A car pulled up to the house that Shabbos. They thought it was a KGB. It wasn't the KGB. And they were living with such dread and fear. They didn't know why they weren't arrested that Shabbos. But the next day, it's time to go to school. And the parents call over Meisha as if he is like I, Abraham taking Isaac to be offered as a sacrifice. They tell him, Listen, we loved you very much. It was a great privilege to be your, to be your father and mother. Try, wherever you are, to keep the Torah and believe in God. Be a good Jew. And they kissed him goodbye. They kissed him goodbye. They knew they would never see him again. He goes off to school. And the teacher does roll call. Yankel b'stada, shmerel b'stada, laser b'stada. Moshe, are you here? And he says, yeah. The teacher does not ask him where he was the day before. Doesn't ask him. 
Why isn't he asking him? There's no why. He comes home that day from school, knocks on the door, and he, his mother says, who's there? He says, Moshe. The mother said, Moshe who? She had erased him from her memory. Like, there's no way my child's coming home anymore. They were sure he wasn't going to come home. But he's home. They hugged him, they kissed him, he made it home. What happened in the school? Nothing. So they were sure that this was like the calm before the storm. But he's indeed going to be going to be uh, arrested and the parents are going to be sent to, the, to, to, to prison. That's what, that's what they were sure was going to happen. But nothing, nothing ended up happening. The parents weren't arrested and the teacher the next day didn't bring it up. Went to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And again, again doesn't come to school on Shabbos. And the next day the teacher again doesn't ask him where was he yesterday. And it keeps on happening again and again. Every Shabbos he doesn't come and the, the, the teacher doesn't ask him. And Yontev doesn't come. And, it, and they realized that a miracle of God had taken place, that for no reason that they could explain, Hashem had just protected him and their family, that they should not be arrested and that he could be able to keep Shabbos. Eventually, he started uh, skipping more than just Shabbos, he could skip Shabbos, he skips Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday and Thursday, and Friday. So eventually he stopped going to school at all. And that's how he grew up, Ramesha. Ramesha was a Jew who, um, of course, wanted to leave Russia. He, he made many um, applications in Ovir, in the Russian immigration office, to leave Russia. And they were all declined. Until uh, one day he sent a letter to the Rebbe, and he wrote to the Rebbe how difficult it is in Russia. And the Rebbe responded that just like when a bird is slaughtered, the bird still jumps around, although it's been slaughtered, there's still the nerves in the bird make it still like move around. So too, the Rebbe said that the, uh, the, the communist regime basically is, 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 is not going to uh, uh, continue persecuting you and you're going to be able to be freed. Nothing to be, nothing, nothing to be frightened about. And shortly afterwards, right before Pesach, in the year 1971, he got permission to leave Russia, and his family went to um, to leave together with, together with their son that I mentioned before, Eliezer. Eliezer was then 14 years old. He'd never seen a shul before at the age of 14. Never never saw a shul. Um, anyways, uh, if you watch the Living Torah tonight, you could see Eliezer, he's in the Living Torah, um, and get a picture of, of, of the way Chassidim... Uh, lived with such dedication and sacrifice. The point is not really stories about the past. The point is that the day of Yubi's time was tomorrow night. It's a day that Hashem gives us the ability to reveal who we are and what we are, to reveal, and not just to reveal in ourselves, in our service of, our service of God, but as the Rebbe said, to, to dedicate ourselves to the mission of the Rebbe, to spread Torah and Judaism and Chassidus, and not to, uh, not to pay attention to the obstacles and to go with absolute trust in Hashem and success of the mission, and we should not just have the redemption of Yibis Tammuz, but we should celebrate tonight the redemption of the coming of Mashiach, take him Amish. Anyways, a good vach, and Mirz Hashem, we be a frilich yonte, Mirz Hashem. Good vach, Yehuda, good vach, Rebera, good vach, Amy, take care. Pleasure.